We have talked Syracuse football. We have talked conference realignment. We have talked everything in the last couple of weeks since the return from the July hiatus. We make our long-awaited return to basketball. We talk recruiting. We talk the new Adrian Autry era. We recap what's going on. We take a look to the future, and we do it with a dear friend of the podcast. Making the debut, we're excited. Neil Adler joins us today. Let's get right to it. There's no time to waste. Let's get these conversations started. It's a Locked On Syracuse Tuesday. Let's get going. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome into your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today we are joined with, as I said, a friend of the podcast, one of the most active people on Twitter, one of the most active writers in not central New York. He's not in central New York, but for central New York. Ten articles in the last three days. I just looked at it. Who's putting out more than that? It is inside the Loud House is Neil Adler. Neil, thank you so much for joining the show today. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. So you're counting my articles now. Now I got to keep the, like, the, the bar has been set. Uh, so, no, just, hey, listen, love writing about my alma mater sports. Love your podcast. Really honored to be on. Appreciate it, buddy. We're, we're excited to have you. It's been a long time coming. I feel like I'm, I'm reading your stuff every day. I'm seeing your stuff. We're interacting all the time. And it just is never, uh, the paths have never crossed on the pod. So it's a big day for us. And we're excited to have it. Well, you got a lot of bigger fish, uh, people on the show than me. So, you know, I'm like low man on the totem pole. But love, love my Syracuse sports. And so let's, let's do this thing. So we're talking a little bit of everything in terms of Syracuse basketball today. Primary focus will be recruiting. We'll take a look at what's happened. We're almost at six months in the Adrian Autry era. I can't believe how fast that has gone, how much has happened. Uh, We'll take a look at that, some new additions, a look to the future. I mean, stuff's happening every day. But first, six months. Like, it is is absurd how, how quickly that has happened. You remember the weird day back in March where where everything, you know, the sky was falling and then it wasn't. And then Beheim's the coach, he's not. And then it's Autry. And here we are. And so much has happened. What, you know, what are your your few biggest things to have happened in the last six months? If you want to just let's open with that. Sure. Well, the caveat here is as a, a proud alum from the late 90s uh, and, and, and a fan of Syracuse basketball dating back to when I was a kid. Um, the Keith Smart shot still hurts, but uh, I mean, I love Jim Beheim. I will always say that. Um, you know, obviously, he gets his criticism for whatever reasons, and that's fine. I like his candidness. What he did for this program can can never be overstated. Um, you know, the second winningest coach in the history of Division One men's basketball, five Final Fours, a national title, twenty Sweet Sixteens. Um, he is Syracuse basketball, but at the same time, I, I was probably one of the last to come around because I just am so fond of him and, and maybe given my own personal affinity for my alma mater. Uh, I thought that, you know, oh, let's, he can coach as long as he wants, coach as long as he wants, g- give him the benefit of the doubt, et cetera, et cetera. But 
you know, two straight years, 16 and 17 and 17, 15, missing the tournament. Um, I thought it was time. I didn't, I didn't like how kind of the changing of the guard was handled. Um, I think it was fumbled a little bit, but there's, I'm sure, plenty of reasons behind the scenes. But everything seems to be all good. Copacetic, he's with the university, um, I think, in a fundraising capacity now. Um, so I'm glad he's – and I, I love seeing all of Jim's photos about hanging out with Buddy and his family and doing this and that. So putting that – He's fishing now. Yeah, he's fishing. He's traveling. You know, I want him to come hang out with me in the, in the Washington, <laughs> D.C. area, grab a mimosa. But, you know, um, I'm such a fan of Adrian, though. He, he, they haven't played a game, so we have no idea. You know, it, this is all kind of speculation and, and just kind of prognostications. But the energy that he brings, um, what he's done with his great assistance um, on the recruiting trail, I don't know how you can't be happy about that. He gets an A plus for me. And uh, again, we'll see what happens uh, in early November when they start playing games, but every team's going to lose players to the transfer portal. Obviously losing Jesse Edwards was tough. All ACC center lost a couple other guys, Joe Girard. Um, But they bring in JJ Starling, a former top 25 five-star prospect and, and recruiting target of Syracuse. Uh, after his freshman year at Notre Dame, they bring in Chance Westry, who was injured much of last year uh, at Auburn, but was a former Syracuse recruit, top 40 player. They bring in Naheem McLeod from um, – am I getting his last name right? Did I say that right? Yeah. Is it McLeod? Okay, I wasn't sure. Yes. Uh, from Florida State, uh, is he going to replace Jesse's numbers identically in his, his first season, his junior year, but first season on the Hill? I don't know. We'll see. But I think he can be a – solid competent center and alan griffin who's a wonderful coach will do a great job developing him like he did with jesse and then you've also got kyle cuff i know he had an injury this summer so we'll see how much run he gets they also have a lot of guards but they also from a recruiting standpoint um players that aren't on the team yet they retained elijah moore who is a to me a vastly underrated player in the 2024 class out of new york city top 60 but i think he should be top 40 based on what he did in aiu this uh past season they 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 got Donnie Freeman, who originally, I think late last year, didn't have Syracuse in his top five. Um, but he was always being recruited yeah. by Syracuse. But there's uncertainty about is Beheim the coach, you know, going to be the coach? You know, I get all that. And recruiting ebbs and flows. But Donnie Freeman's going to contend for McDonald's All-American status. He's top 30 to 40 and made hoops. He's inside the top 20. The dude is just a beast. And he's yeah. all about Syracuse. And they're obviously, you know, their their lone remaining target right now is Jalil Bathia, and I think they have a good shot. But you know, that's that's going to be a tough one. But to, to, to get back to your original question again, from a recruiting standpoint, standpoint, both players on the team coming into 2023, uh, 24, as well as you know the 2024 class and lots of offers out in 2025 and beyond. How can you not be happy about it? Um, right. I just, I, I'm really excited. Really, um, you know, and beyond that, my friend, it's not just the recruiting stuff. It's just, you know, what Adrian, as uh, Coach Red has said in in interviews, you know, wants to play more up tempo. He's gonna play a ton of man to man. I think he'll still sprinkle in zone. He wants to get out on transition. He wants to play team oriented. Maybe not as much ISO ball. He's just, he's, again, they haven't played a game. But him and GMAC and Allen and new coach Brendan Strawn, who has so many contacts in the D.C. market. He's been incredible. He, he had to have been a huge part of Donnie Cummins. I'm not yeah. saying he was a reason, but huge part. They just they've I feel like they've energized this program. And again, we're in the offseason, but 
I'm excited. You know, they have a tough non-conference schedule and, you know, thoughts and prayers with everyone on Maui right now. Obviously no yeah. idea what's going to happen with that tournament, but honestly really could care less about that tournament right now. I want yeah. people there to be okay. Um, but they do, have, but they do have a tough non-conference. You know, the ACC has been quote unquote down the last few years, even with Miami and Duke and North Carolina going to the final four. But in terms of number of teams in the tournament versus prior years, it's been down. We'll see about this year. Uh, Syracuse to me could finish top four to six or top six to eight. I don't think they're going to necessarily be above top four. I don't think they're going to be 10 or 11, but they have a first year head coach who I think will do well, but he's a first year head coach and they have 13 scholarship players, but multiple new faces on the roster, multiple guys that have left and they don't have anyone that's above a junior. I believe Naheem, Benny and, and Manir are juniors. Everyone else is a sophomore and below. So a relatively young roster, but they're going to be fun. I, I just, yeah. and with Mintz coming back, him and Starling in the backcourt, oh, it's going to be fun. It's gonna be fun. They're so youthful. And, and I look at it and I, I take, you look at the 2022 recruited class, which was already gigantic and Six, so many yeah. names in there. Mm -hmm. And in the portal this year, they've just racked up all the names that they miss. They, they bring uh, Westry in, they bring, Starling in they bring Kyle Cuff who was uh you know in that group as well and they've now got this gigantic bank of redshirt freshmen and sophomores that right, right. make up for the fact that William Patterson's the only guy in your 2023 recruited class no right. knock on William Patterson we had him on the right. show love him but you know he, he's by no means a huge name and there's one name in your 2023 class and that's out of Autry's control for a long portion of time. But in the time since he's, he's been at the helm and you said it right, you know, the nod to Jim Beheim with, with all respect to what has happened and what he did over mm -hmm. damn near 50 years. Autry came in and was like, all right, here's where we need to supplement. Finds a center, finds some guard depth, finds uh, more guard slash wing depth. And, and now here you are sitting and you mentioned it, the, the addition of, of Donnie Freeman in that 2024 recruiting class. And we're all six months in. He hasn't played a single second of basketball as the head coach. And mm -hmm. there's some buzz mm -hmm. and, and some really big buzz uh, surrounding Syracuse basketball. I want to take a quick break, and then we will continue that in a minute here. Um, but let's talk. we got a new sponsor on the podcast, Big Day. New guest, new sponsor. We're talking a little bit about Nutrafol. Uh, you don't have to choose anymore between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol, it provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. It is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. So take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time now, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code Locked On College. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and promo code Locked On College. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code Locked On College. All right. Owen Valentine, joined by Neil Adler on your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday episode, talking Syracuse basketball. And so much has happened. We're having some fun. We're breaking down six chaotic months of 
news story, news story, news story, news story, news story. And we're starting to see things settle down, right? The 13 scholarships are, are accounted for. You're starting to be able to look ahead a little bit. One of the biggest things that I think a lot of people, myself included, are looking ahead for, and you, you got to it a little bit early in that first segment, this 2024 class currently sits right at the top 10, just about, depending where you look, it's a little bit higher, a little bit lower, depending on, you know, each site's metric. Mm-hmm. They're in the mix for Jalil. There are some sites that still have Syracuse as the favorite. There are some sites that have them in the mix. This is a player that I have seen you been so high on. Mm-hmm. And in the last month, he has really started to hit the threshold that you have been begging recruiting sites and analysts to finally <laughs> get to him. What, like, how did your your following of him start? And then you just immediately, it seems like, latched on to the thought that this guy is 10 times better than he's getting credit for <laughs> and is a five-star guy. And you're finally starting to see that fifth star beside his name. So I'm trying to remember. It might have been sometime last summer. I might have the chronological aspect a little off, but you know, I'm all obviously all over all the recruiting websites, talk to recruiting analysts all the time. And, and I did see on one of them at some point that Syracuse was showing interest in Jaleel. This was before he got offered. So I, you know, kind of started, you know, checking him out a little bit. And then he gets offered by Syracuse in, in September of 22, uh, 2022, late September. And at that point, you know, I was really following him, recruiting rankings, what he's doing in AAU, um, you know, what he's doing uh, at his high school, our Bishop Wood outside Philly. Uh, he was in the top 100, according to a couple sites back then. And then he took an official visit to, to the Hill in October, about a month later, late October. And the dude just blew up. I mean, he, he, he earned um, MVP honors of the Philadelphia Catholic League, which is an absolutely loaded conference in Philadelphia and multiple other former Orange targets play for teams in that league, including Robert Wright III, who's verbally committed to Baylor, Newman Goretti, and uh, Thomas Sorber, who has earlier this year committed to Georgetown. Boo. But no, he, hey, listen, Ed Cooley, actually, big fan. And I actually root for Georgetown because I was born at Georgetown Hospital and I lived in D.C. area my whole life. So when they're not playing Syracuse, I actually kind of root for them behind the scenes, although I'm going to get killed for that. But yeah. Um, uh, so, so anyway, so Jaleel, you know, just had an amazing um, junior year at our Bishop, our Bishop Wood. Besides getting Philadelphia Catholic League MVP honors, he was uh, a junior All-American uh, by Max Preps and won a ton of other Player of the Year awards in, in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania. Um, our Bishop Wood uh, went, I believe, to the semifinals in their class uh, of the state tournament. So he had a great junior year. And then... I would argue, and again, I'm not a recruiting analyst, but I talk to a lot of recruiting analysts and obviously follow these, these targets very closely. I could make the case that in the AAU season this spring and summer, he has been, if not the number one, one of the top two or three fastest rising, hottest prospects, maybe not just in 2024, but maybe across all recruiting classes, four, five, and six. He is now a consensus top 20 national prospect, according to all of the major recruiting services, 247 Sports, Rivals, ESPN, and On3. Made Hoops has him, I believe, at number four nationally. He's inside the top 10, according to 
multiple of those primary recruiting services. I talked to Jamie Shaw of On3, awesome, awesome analyst, yeah. um, not too long ago, just via Twitter, just quick note. He said uh, Jaleel could push top five. Could he push top number one? I think that's going to be hard, especially when Cooper Flag reclassified. But I think he's in the in the running for for top, definitely top ten everywhere, and maybe top five. And he's just an explosive scorer. He's great outside shooter. He's just a high energy guy. Gets after it on both ends. And he just had a fabulous AAU season for Philadelphia based team final in the Nike EYBL league. They won the regular season championship uh, in the seventeen under division with only one loss. I was a little surprised at Peach Jam last month. They got knocked out in the quarterfinals. But, I mean, when it's a one-and-done thing. You've seen flukes. Yeah, you know, and they're playing another good team. Yeah. Ironically, Donnie ended up winning it all. So, you know, was, <laughs> but it was fun to watch Peach Jam, was, you know, following those two guys as well as guys in the 16 and, and 15 and under divisions. But, you know, again, Jaleel is just off the charts. He really is, and I, I expect him to – uh, contend for All-American honors this year uh, at our Bishop Wood, his senior year. Um, we'll see if, if they, uh, our Bishop Wood, you know, can, can win their, I can't remember if they're either 5A or 6A, one of the two, but win their class, you know, designation in the, in the Pennsylvania State Tournament come next spring. And again, I think he, and he's all, you know, besides AAU and, and, and high school, he's also been invited to all these prestigious events and showcases and things where there's analysts, uh, recruiting analysts there and, and sometimes college coaches and, and NBA scouts. And he just always is just getting the highest, the highest of praise. So I think Syracuse is definitely a contender for him. They're in his top five. He's going to uh, take a second official official visit to Syracuse in September. He's officially visiting his other four finalists as well. I think they've got a legit shot. Sure the, the, I, yeah. I've talked to a couple of recruiting analysts, uh, you know, lately, and there doesn't seem to be like a consensus favorite, like one team favorite, you know, some have said, you know, uh, there are certain teams that maybe are in a better position, but all that stuff is so fluid. I mean, you never know with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but if they got him, I mean, that would just, they already have two really just wonderful prospects. They get Jaleel. Oof. That could be the number one recruiting class. In the yeah. World. And I wrote about that the other day and obviously that's purely speculative and all that jazz, yeah. but I do think if they got him, they could make a case. But the thing is with that is, and I wrote about it in the article, you know, those recruiting rankings and composite rankings from whether it's two, four, seven sports or on three, <clears throat> you know, they obviously take in mind both the quality in terms of the rankings of the individual prospects, as well as the quantity. And I don't know how many, you know, like you said, uh, in 2022, Syracuse had six high school commits, but with the transfer portal explosion and all that, you know, looking at more transfers versus high school recruits, not just in Syracuse, but anywhere, but also the fact that they have 13 scholarship guys. I mean, are some guys going to leave after this year, whether it's to the pros judah benny jj or whether it's just to the transfer portal if they're not happy with playing time yeah they're going to lose guys but you know can they bring in a 2024 class that has four or five guys that they probably would need that to ultimately be number one or maybe even top five but if they got jaleel in the coming months at least for right now you're they'd be up there they'd be up there I mean, Donnie, I think Donnie and, and again, I'm a homer, but I think Donnie and Elijah are both underranked. I mean, Donnie's pushing top 30, Elijah top 60 in some places, but then ESPN, no disrespect to Paul Biancardi. I love him, but he's not even, Elijah's not even in the top 100. That's absurd. Yeah, I, I think that's I just, weird. 
Yeah, I, again, no disrespect, and it's all and the stuff is subjective. Uh, all good, but you know, Donnie pushes top twenty-five, top twenty. Elijah keeps boosting his, and then you get Jaleel. That's pretty good. Yeah, that <laughs> you know be... the other thing I'll say I'll say about and I, and I don't want to take away from your your questions, but the one thing I'll say about you know Syracuse's recruiting of Jaleel as well as frankly Elijah and Donnie. And I don't think they got much else that they're focused on in 2024 when Mikey Lewis Lewis didn't put them in his finalists. Caleb Williams, you know, headed to Georgetown. And um, uh, there was one other guy that I'm I'm totally flaking on, but there was one other guy that they were kind of in the mix for. Um, But with those three guys, once Autry was named the successor in early March, and I'm not saying Jim Beheim didn't go out and, and recruit on the trail and go to AAU events, but it just seemed like Autry and Coach Griffin and GMAC and Coach Strong were just getting after it on the recruiting trail. Yeah. Going to live periods at AAU sessions, whether it's on the EYBL circuit or you know Elijah plays for the Wiz Kids and, and the Adidas League, they were just at all the live evaluations, maybe not all, but the majority of the live evaluations in grassroots basketball. But yeah. they also, was, you know, it was the whole staff too. Yeah, everyone whole together. Staff. They were going to visit. They went to visit with Donnie at least once or twice at at, at his high school, St. John's College High School in D.C. By the way, I am going to several of his games this year, and I'm going to report back Ooh. on watching him because I'm right up the road. So I'm going to perfect. Go check him I can't out. Wait for that. Um, yeah, but yeah. they were, you know, the, so they they visited with Donnie. They visited with Jaleel at, or Bishop Wood or or somewhere, you know, near there. They. They were at some of these other showcase events. They're just they're just being really assertive, really aggressive. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to sit here and, and do apples to oranges in terms of oh, were they out there more than when Jim Bayham was? Jim Bayham's also in his late seventies. I mean, I get it, but it just yeah. that that's one thing I would see like on Syracuse, you know, fan forums and and just talking with people on social media. You know, I try not to. I try to pull back and and you know not make assumptions because I'm not. You know, I don't know everything that the Syracuse coaches are doing, but there was definitely like this presumption that Jim Beheim wasn't out on the recruiting trail as much as fans maybe would have liked. Whether that's true or not, I personally don't know. All yeah, I can this... tell you, all I can tell you is that since Autry took over and brought in Brendan, the, the four of them are just getting after it. And I yeah. love it. I love and this it. I feel like has been if nothing else, it's been more public. We we've now seen yeah, and realized yeah. that that they are there and they're you know, you haven't seen it as much lately just because the, you know, the games have died down a little bit, especially the last sure. couple of weeks. Sure. But day after day, their weekends seemed like they're hitting three different spots for they the are. first two, three months. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've seen this and the consistent presence has been something that it seems like all of the recruits have been citing when they're talking about Syracuse is how how often these conversations are happening, how they're they're talking mm-hmm. with with McNamara every day, they're talking with Strawn every day, they're yep. talking with whoever, they're always there continuing. And that seems like, and it, you know, it's the most straightforward recruiting thing ever to be there for a kid and they're going to be there for you when you need them. But it seems like it has been elevated. And, and as you mm-hmm. said, that could just Agreed. be from what we see. Right. It could just be, we haven't seen it publicly with Bay. Right. I mean, he does things a little more, you know, closer to the chest, whatever, yeah. but right. Right. It has been awesome to see, and mm-hmm. it seems like it really has played a big difference in a lot of these guys and, and the connections. And as you said, you know, Brennan Strawn is 
seems like knows everybody in the DMV region there. Uh, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he, I did an episode on this and, you know, keeping the coaching staff was huge. Keeping some guys was huge, but mm-hmm. Strawn seems like the biggest thing that, that could have happened to this program uh, since Autry took over just because of the team takeover connections, the consistent connections in that region. And it yep. seems like now Syracuse has a focus where they want to be, where they want to spend their recruiting time, not to disregard the rest of the country, but no, no, it's not. nice to have a little headquarters, a little home base where you really can, because of those relationships, be able to thrive. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they – hey, listen, um, I, you, can't un, you can't understate or maybe you can't overstate um, how important of a addition Coach Brendan is. He's fabulous, fabulous. And, hey, listen, Mikey Lewis, they were, they were on for a while. He didn't put them in his final six, but he's out on the West Coast. Um, I would, they, I would know, say you, to, to jump in, too, I don't think you get whatever it was, the Zoom call with Hunter Dickinson without Strong. I think he's the, the only reason that door was yep. even yep. ajar. Uh, it seems like it's always there now, which I'll take every day of the week. I, I think moving forward, you're certainly going to see Syracuse offer prospects in other parts of the country, whether it's the West Coast or the South or mid whatever. But I also think that they're going to have a heavy focus on the Northeast as well as New York, New York City, and the DMV. And look, yeah. look what happened – in late April, right after or right around the first uh, you know, live period on the grassroots basketball circuit, they offered multiple guys in the 2025 class, and, and several of them are from the Baltimore, D.C. area. So it's – I love it. Hey, listen, as someone that you know lives in that area and is from that area, I, I'm all about it, but I'm biased. But even if I put that to the side, there's a wealth of talent between the Baltimore and D.C. areas. And, um, yeah, it's just it's, – it's really exciting. I mean, it will be interesting to see moving forward, given the transfer portal and all that, how big these recruiting – high school recruiting classes are for not just Syracuse, but any yeah. you know, major Division One team. You know, are they going to be smaller classes versus, you know, sprinkling in more transfers? I, yeah. It's just everything has changed with NIL and transfer portal and all the other stuff. So, yes. um, Well, you mentioned it quickly there, the, the 2025s. And this, I, I find that looking ahead at this point is, is always tough because it's just, you know, you, you're offering the best of the best at this point. And sure. there's not as much specifics. But to close up today, and there's a name that is always going to be at the forefront of this class with regards to Syracuse. I know who you're talking name. about. But what <laughs> other names do you think in, in your best guess at this point uh, – we should be aware of uh, if you were to name a few Mm -hmm. uh, in that 2025 class that you think either stand out for whatever reason, or you feel like it is, is more of a, maybe a long-term thing that we'll be focused on as, as Syracuse fans uh, in this 2025 recruiting class. And and you're right, Owen, the 2025s, the rising juniors, they they could have a little, little bit more time to go before there's a lot more, you know, quote unquote clarity about really what their, who their, their favorites are. They're just starting to be allowed to take, you know, official visits an unlimited number of official visits, you know, the the contact period just opened in in mid June. So, you know, they're seeing their offer list grows and obviously everyone's going to be focused on, Kai and Anthony and I, I will tell you today and I will tell you um, every uh, f- till the cows come home it is no guarantee that Kyan is going to come to Syracuse 
Not even close. I think he's going to take an official visit this fall. I think Syracuse will be in the, the mix, but he's got tons of other impressive offers. And maybe he wants to, to, to you know, follow. Not, I don't even say follow in his dad's footsteps, but go to his dad's alma mater and try and win a title there. And that's great. But if he wants to go elsewhere, I just hope I don't see a lot of fans say, oh, you know, trashing yes. him, which is ridiculous. Get that on the record. He's a, he's a teenager and he's doing what's best for him. And if he wants to come to Syracuse, heck yeah. And if he doesn't, wish him well. And yes. the other thing is that I really don't want to see, I hope I don't see, is if, he does go elsewhere. I don't want to see fans say, oh, the Syracuse staff, you know, totally missed the boat on this. Almost if he just decided he another school was a better fit. That, that's not a knock on Syracuse. That's just there's how many division one programs are there? I mean, he's got offers from there's a lot. and all these other good schools. So, you know, anyway, besides you know Ryan, what? And he I, is uh, he his choice in coming to Syracuse is to follow along and walk in under the shadow a lot of, pressure. of what people in central New York call the single greatest college basketball season by a freshman ever. Of course. Yeah. I, that's I, a lot. I, I understand not wanting to have that pressure on your shoulders. But I'll, I'll tell say. you though, he, he seems to, and I don't know if he looks at it as pressure or just like continuing the legacy. He seems to embrace it though. This kid's yeah. really growing up both, you know, you know, as a, as a person, as well as a basketball player, he's in the top 40 now, according to, multiple recruiting services and, and could push higher and he's playing he'll play for long Island luther in this coming year in the nibc and he, he's gonna if he has a great year i mean whew. anyway besides yeah. kyan another name to watch i think who was offered one of those you know baltimore dmv guys offered in late april is tyler jackson who, who okay. played some in grassroots basketball both with team thrill um in the under armor league as well as he, he teamed up for one session with kyan and uh for team mellow in um the nike league he's a five-star point guard some recruiting services have him as the number one point guard in his class he's a top 10 national prospect he's at a saint francis academy in baltimore not far from me he said he'd like to take an official visit to to syracuse we'll, we'll see about that there was even some chatter about maybe him and kyan coming together i mean again who knows we'll see That'd be awesome but yeah. I, but I, I think, as far as I can tell, it looks like he's a priority for Syracuse in that class. But they've handed out, I believe, or uh, twelve offers at this point. And some other guys oh, yeah. to know is um, Derek Dixon, who's a four-star combo guard, who I've read in in interviews and reports saying he's interested in visiting the Hill, and and Syracuse coaches are interested in having him visit. And wow. uh, he's from the DC area, you know, um, I believe Gonzaga um, High School, as well as Team Takeover. Um, so that's a good guy to look at, uh, but they've, but they've offered, uh, Cam Ward, who's a four star from the DC area. They've offered Sadiq White, who's a five star from North Carolina, um, along with a, you know, a flood of Darren Peterson, who just moved up to number two in the 2025 class. He's from Ohio. He just transferred to Huntington prep in West Virginia. Do I think Syracuse is a big player for him right now? I, it, it's too early. Um, yeah. But hey, especially with there. these the upper tier guys, right? They're yeah, you know, he's, an offer he's got tons of blue blood stuff. offers. He'll have pro offers, but you know, there's there, there there's there's a lot of but there's some guys that they offered uh, not just this um, this spring, but earlier. Kyan was last November, but they also offered guys like Jerry Easter and yeah. Darius Adams uh, last summer, and both have transferred 
to La Lumiere, which is in the NIBC. So we'll get to watch them on some national broadcasts. And, you know, we'll, I, I'm not sure if, if Syracuse is a, is a big player for either of them right now. Again, it's early, but they got in on them early and we'll see. So there's all, and they've even offered a couple guys in 2026. So, you know, it remains to be seen. Obviously the, the focus is closing out, uh, getting Jaleel and yeah. uh, getting 2024 uh, all wrapped up, but I'm excited. It's fun, you know. You can't you can't win a high level prospect if you don't offer him first. That's the way I exactly. always say. It, you know? Yeah, get there early, which seems yeah. like you know the the one thing you can fault Bayheim's recruiting the last couple of years if you want to. I don't know if it's warranted or not, but he he got there early, and that seemed like something that he was doing, even in you know the gripes with recruiting and issues that that some people you know very vocally spoke out about. He was getting there early. I will give him that. And that's, it does go a long way to be able to say, you know, and see and understand that this is a team that, you know, has spent that extended time with you. And you're starting to see it to wrap things up for today in the portal where you're going and rekindling these relationships. Hey, JJ, you know, remember when we were there the first Mm -hmm. time around, Hey chance, remember when we were there the first time Mm -hmm. around, Hey Kyle Cuff, remember when we were there the first time around, you know, it, it can be rekindled and, you know, the way the portal is at this point in time is, is something that will be used nonstop uh, yeah, for the foreseeable I, I, future in college or athletics. Oh, and I'll tell you, I, I think the mantra there is don't burn bridges because you never exactly. know. Yeah. They did, you know, they were in JJ's top five, Chance's top 10. There was buzz earlier on in Chance's recruitment that maybe he'd join up with Starling or, or not Starling, uh, Dior Johnson or you know, Roddy mm-hmm. Gale or whatever. They went elsewhere. It didn't work out. Look, they're here now. And that's all yeah. that matters. So they didn't burn bridges. They had, the, they formed, and you are so right, Owen. And I've written about this many times in recent years. Syracuse, when Bayham was the head coach, and now when Coach Red is in charge, they are so good at identifying talent early on, offering guys early on. Does that mean they get them? Not necessarily, no. but so do a lot of other schools. But they, they, you know, some of these guys, even in like 2023 or 2022 classes, that they would get on on offer first to offer Gigi Jackson, Mattis Buzelis. They didn't get them, but these guys were unranked or very, you know, top, barely top 100 and then top 10, you know? So yeah. Kudos to them. They identify talent really well, really well. Yeah. Neil, thank you so much for coming on today. We are <laughs> glad to finally get you on. I'm sure we'll have you back on uh, as things continue, maybe with some more news, we get closer to basketball season. Would love to have you back on, even in football. We can chat yeah. some football at some time without question. I, I don't pretend to be as much as a quote-unquote expert in football, but I obviously <laughs> write some about follow team, and I love Babers, and I think they're going to do good things. Owen, it's, a, it's an honor. It's a privilege. I love your podcast. I really appreciate you having me on. Thank you so much. We will, uh, we will do it again. That'll do it for today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll be back tomorrow chatting a little bit of football. Until then, be kind. Make somebody smile today. I'm Owen Valentine. Thank you, Neil Adler. Peace.